Hello there, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Liberty Squadron Podcast. I am your host, Rob Neisler, and today I'm joined with local player John Kay. Hello. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Oh, thanks for coming. Uh, Chance is off doing good over at the X-Wing Worlds Championship. Uh, Paul is having some internet trouble. Hopefully he'll join us in the middle. But as of right now, you and I are on our own. Uh, But we've got a lot of good content to cover tonight. Uh, We'll be talking about the new starter packs that got announced earlier this week that we've been speculating about for a while. We finally got some solid answers on those. Uh, We'll be doing some uh, coverage of the aforementioned X-Wing World Championship. Uh, A lot of big energy surrounding the the biggest tournament of the year. Uh, We'll be discussing some of unique list building uh, traits that John may or may not possess. And then we may talk a little bit about Epic. I appreciate your tact there. (laughs) Yeah, right? I'm all all about tact. Uh, I have to present the best face to the people, right? But before that, uh, let's get to know you a little bit better, John, because not everybody listening might know who you are. Uh, The first question that I have to ask you is a Liberty Squadron classic. Uh, Why are you bad at X-Wing? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, The serious answer is that uh, I am very like, I mean, I feel like this is a lot of people's answers, but I'm very bad at predicting what my opponent will actually do um, and focus too much on my own decision-making, um, which uh, then doesn't work out for me when my opponent doesn't do uh, what would work best for me. Uh, my unserious answer is that I'm uh, intentionally bad at X-Wing because it lets me have more fun with it. I mean, X-Wing is a game, so that's not always a super bad choice but yeah i can see how it would shoot your chances in a tournament say yeah yeah yeah. but as long as you're rolling dice and having fun that's the most important part uh a few other questions just so we can get to know you a little bit better where are you from uh originally west virginia but uh for the past uh, decade or so i've been uh, in the greater philadelphia area and you play with us at showcase I do. It is a nice, convenient uh, 15, 20 minute drive, depending on traffic. So uh, it's always it's always nice to see the people that uh, make the hour, hour and a half drive to get there for games. <laughs> we, we're building up a nice little community on Tuesday nights. It's nice to see it grow. Um, but while we're there, what's your favorite mode to play in X-Wing? Oh, see, it used to be epic which i still enjoy greatly and will play as much as possible but the advent of scenario play uh via amg's uh 2.5 update has really made uh standard play uh a more enjoyable format for me than it used to be uh so i I might have to say standard at the moment honestly that's a little shocking to me i totally wrote that question down expecting you to go into epic so um (laughs) hey i don't know everything right how did you get yeah. started with X-Wing, though? Um, so I it started out uh, just, uh, messing around online, looking at content about the various Star Wars tabletop games, uh, and quickly coming to the conclusion that if ever I was going to play one, uh, it was going to have to be X-Wing, because I had limited space and no painting skills. Um, and I picked up, uh, at a bookstore, I picked up a, a Corset, a Y-Wing, and a uh, TIE Advanced, and uh, played... 
a couple of games against myself uh, at, at a kitchen table to get the rules down. And then uh, speaking of the aforementioned Tuesday nights at Showcase, I just showed up and uh, lingered around uh, until somebody <laughs> talked to me. <laughs> uh, Hello, I, I please adopt in. me. <laughs> yeah, I, I stopped in to buy something and one of the uh, posters was still up on the pillars that was like, Tuesday Night X-Wing, and I was like, oh, hey, that's the game that I'm trying to play. Uh, I can play against other people. Um, and then I, I've been a fairly regular Tuesday Night player ever since. I need to get one of those posters back, because there currently is no poster on that pillar advertising our Tuesday Night games. That could probably that's, pull in at least one or two more people. Yeah, that's true. No, yeah, it, weirdly, I, I, I got into uh, the, the scene through fairly analog means like i i went to the store because i thought they might have it and the poster told me to come back on tuesday it was wild that poster got me involved in showcase too like i didn't start playing at showcase uh crazy little backstory i actually started playing at wade's comic madness over in like levittown because i was super comfortable with wade and it was a store i knew played and then as i i think i also came in to buy something and i saw the post i'm like oh hey i can play this game locally that's crazy. Either that or Chance brought me in to showcase. It, it was one of those two. But I remember yeah. the poster very vividly. Yeah. And I, I, I will I will give credit um, to one of the other local uh, players, Steve, who you know very well. Um, very he well. He was very active uh, in inviting me in, uh, like chatting to me, uh, setting me up with one of the lists that he had because I didn't actually bring anything with me that first night. Um let, let me tell you, uh, when your first game against another person is being handed a sinker swarm when you don't know how the Republic faction works, that's a hoot of a time. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I appreciated the community, and uh, it was it was great to uh, get to know all of you. Oh, we're glad to have you. Uh, speaking of community, um, one of the reasons I called you on was to talk about some of the homebrew stuff you've done. How did you get started with homebrew and creating your your own stuff when AMG was too slow to do so? Um, it's an unfortunate habit that I have uh, as an only child interested in uh, tabletop wargaming. I spend a lot more time reading rules than I do uh, actually playing with them. Uh, so I will very quickly find tweaks that I would like to make um, to rules. And uh, it just so happened that I found a small community uh, that is uh, receptive to working with some of my tweaks um and uh i've been able to try out a couple of different um adaptations with with you and some other uh people locally and actually receiving some positive feedback uh from that was was willing to uh keep going with it and when the um lack of content for epic cropped up and there were enough of us still interested in playing i was uh more than happy to uh step into that void Awesome. Uh, also kind of bounding off that, and this is the last question I'll ask before we dive into actual content. Uh, if you could homebrew or create a completely new scenario for competitive X-Wing, what would it look like? Uh, it would be an absolute nightmare to design and to play because I would want to come up with something that's a little asymmetric um, in terms of having more of a defined attacker and defender. Um it's it, it would certainly uh, be tricky to get something like that balanced, but I, I think having like just that extra little bit of of narrative going into the game in terms of like you know from the outset you have to protect this or you have to go destroy that specific thing sitting there would uh, 
be an interesting shakeup to the scenario list that we currently have. Sounds a little like the scenarios that used to come with, like the mission packs that used to come with the old 1.0 ships, like the Escort, the Senator shuttle, and things similar to that. Yeah. Could could end up in that vein. They should definitely bring some of those back. Um, I'm all about segues today, but uh, speaking about 1.0 and beginnings, uh, AMG, bless their soul, finally gave us some details about the new faction-specific starter packs that they've been teasing for like the past year or so, if I recall correctly. Oh, uh, yeah, it has been a long time. Yeah, they, they, they were talked about initially a while ago, so we knew this was coming for a while. Um, I'm glad to get some news. I am a little upset that we only have two factions to go off of, so we have a Rebellion pack and we have an Empire pack. Uh, the thing that immediately stood out to me is the price point. Uh, yeah, it's I what, believe seventy-five. Yeah, I think I believe I am on record saying that I thought it was going to be a hundred bucks, mainly because I was extrapolating that from MCP. But seventy-five is a bargain for what you get in these boxes. Yeah, that's functionally like ignoring the the starter components. That's functionally a free ship. Um, and everything else that you need to start playing is a nice add-on at that point. Absolutely. Uh, free ship and then free components. <clears throat> Including uh, what looks like a round counter, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, get my hands on one of those. See uh, how that looks next to the table. But Why don't you take us on a, a shallow dive, maybe not a deep dive, through what's in the Rebel Pack, John? So the Rebel Pack uh, comes with four ships, uh, gets you an X-Wing, two A-Wings, and a Y-Wing, one of my personal favorite ships, uh, and seven, <laughs> seven customizable and standardized loadout pilots. Uh, you get two each for the X-Wing and the Y-Wing, and three pilots uh, for, for your two A-Wings. So you don't get a ton of choices, uh, but I think that might be the right call for a starter set. Um, limiting the available options uh, prevents analysis paralysis uh, as you're getting started. Don't want to get overwhelmed with your brand new game, absolutely. No, which, uh, as thinking back to my starting days, uh, even the limited set of cards that came in the starter box could uh, overwhelm you pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything on there that stands out to you? Standardized loadout Dutch. Uh, let's go. I am one of maybe the biggest uh, Rebel Y-Wing fans out there, and I will forever be chasing ways to make them work. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe I remember hearing this discussed on our Discord earlier, but based on his lack of upgrades, it doesn't look like it has a lot on, lot on him he could potentially be cheaper than your standard Y-Wing. He could come in at three. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would hope so, unless there's a drastic restructuring of points uh, coming along with this. Um, you, ha- you can build that version of Dutch custom with loadout points left over because he's only got uh, proton bombs and ion cannon turret on that card. So uh, to make that card viable, he would almost certainly have to come in at a, at a discount. And three points for that loadout doesn't seem outrageous. 
Absolutely. And it would be nice to have a bargain Y-Wing on the table too. See more it, of those on the board. Would. Yeah. Uh, similarly, uh, in the Empire pack, you also get, of course, your four ships. Uh, you get your Darth Vader and the TIE Advanced. Uh, you also get Merrick Steel and the TIE Advanced. A couple of TIE Bombers. A uh, ship near and dear to my heart. Uh, I'll be very excited to put my TIE Princess back on the table once this launches. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, listening, uh, TIE Princess is a bomber that my daughter bought me, and I painted it pink, and I try to put it in every tournament I can. So making the TIE Bomber standard again. Thank you, AMG. I'm, I'm glad to get that back on the table. And then you also get three TIE Fighter pilots for your two TIE Fighter models. Uh the standard loadout cards, while expected, still shocked me a little bit. Uh, I remember AMG saying, hey, veterans might not have to buy these, but we clearly have to because we need those start those loadout cards. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm curious to see if they'll have uh, alternative means of getting those to us via card pack. But uh, if not, I, I would definitely be picking up maybe one or two of these packs just to get those standardized cards because they make life easier. I would really hope for a card pack, uh, and AMG has done that stuff before for their other games. Uh, I know for a fact MCP has released card packs in the past. Have They've done it for Legion too, right? Yes. Uh, I'm less familiar with the, the Legion pack as I, I don't play, and I'm only a casual observer of the scene, but the, the MCP pack uh, was pretty good value. Um, it was uh, a series of cards that had recently been errated, but there were gosh, 20 plus character cards and a suite of reprinted, uh, well, functionally upgrade cards that came in a pack for 20, 25 bucks. So I would really hope that they do that with this too. be like, Hey, if you're a new player, you can buy this starter kit for 75 bucks, get a bang in value for your four ships and all these components that you're going to need to play the game. Or if you're a veteran player, drop 25 bucks and get all these standard loadout cards that you don't need the mount now by the, star, the starter pack in order to get have the best of both worlds uh, i hope they do that but even if they don't i won't be super angry uh at 75 bucks it's a little easier to swallow than 100 i thought it was going to be for the standard loadout cards in there and a bunch of other little extra stuff in there too the damage decks look really cool yeah they they, they do i'm I, I like that they're sort of changing it up from the uh the designs that are on the already released damage decks so there's a little incentive to, to pick one up if you're interested in those my hope is those are mini size and not full size that 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 would be clutch i'm not a big fan of the full size damage cards taking up space on the table yeah i i like the i like the artwork but it, it can be frustrating to use up all that table space just to be like ah i'm that injured great say speaking of uh one highlight similar to how we did dutch in the rebel box uh, this comes with a different Vader. Uh, this is a standard loadout Vader with hate, ion missile, afterburner, but he has his uh, ability from the custom ship where he can spend forces to do actions. Yeah, with uh, as as popular as uh, Battle of Yavin Vader became upon release, I, I'm curious to see how much of a splash this SL version makes. Um, if he gets preferred over the other, some of that will depend on points cost, obviously. But I, I appreciate that they're so quickly just throwing out, yeah, uh, there will be multiple SL versions of characters. Just, you know, take your pick. You can have Yavin Vader, 
You can have Black Leader Vader. You could have Empire Strikes Back Vader. Choices don't hurt. Love it. Not at all. We are slowly but surely getting to a point in the game where you just fan out a deck of standard loadout cards, pick out a few, and bam, you're playing X-Wing. It'll certainly make Tuesday nights a lot faster. Looking forward to that. All right. Uh, Let's move on and talk about Worlds. Uh, The X-Wing Worlds Championship is actively going on as we post and discuss this podcast. Uh, The last chance qualifier ended yesterday. Uh, A couple of our locals actually managed to push through, so big congrats to them. Uh, Namely, Tom Traz, Chance Crawford, and Ryan Becker all managed to push through the last chance qualifier to get the day one. So props to them. Congratulations, one and all. Let's take a look at some of the lists that managed to push through the LCQ. Uh, the top list in surprising no one contains Darth Vader and a bunch of TIE fighters. Oh boy. Who could have foreseen that coming? And it is battle of Yavin Vader. Uh, one of the things I'm, I'm not super keen about on roll better is I, I can't tell what this person's name is. Their account name is Frydrek. Uh, I'm sure somebody could tell me who that is later, but yeah, <clears throat> but congrats on him. He was the, person who went 5-0 and oh in the LCQ and he did that with a whole bunch of Imperials. A lot of bad guys in these uh, these top standings. Yeah, the uh, the, cur- the current uh, balance of power definitely seems tipping towards uh, dark side adjacent ships. Three agility tyrants. So many TIE fighters that can have both a lot of green dice and a lot of red dice, so they're here to stay and they, they punch hard above their weight class. Uh, what sticks out to you, John? What 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 lists you saw in the LCQ really blew your mind? Um, in uh, among the the top top finishers, nothing all that surprising uh, based on what I'd seen going around. Um, I did. There was one further down. I was just very happy to see that someone uh, was flying Pop's Crail <laughs> to to some success, but uh, definitely not shocked to to see that many Tie Fighters. Uh, continuing their their rampage. Are we looking at uh, SW Goldie? Was that who you're referring to with Pops? I believe so, yeah. I mean, he did well enough with that Y-Wing to make it into day one, so that's exciting. Yeah. Put some more uh, insignias on Pops Crail's cockpit for him. That's right. I have, uh, I I have, for those listening at home, I have a Pops Crail miniature uh, that I, I paint uh, a little kill stripe every time he takes out a TIE fighter. So, well, vicariously those, take take the win. Those APTs are deadly. Yeah, don't uh, yeah, don't, don't leave don't leave ships uh, range one in front of them, Rob. That's a it's a bad idea. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom Traz, one of the locals from RSG, actually came in second. Uh, he was flying a first order list composed of Malaris, Gaelic, Scorch. Bigger Scorch, Ember, Backdraft, and, uh, well, that can't be right. Bigger Scorch is on here twice. So I'm going to assume that 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 is an error. He's flying five TIE Fighters and Ember instead of six. But still, that list has a lot of firepower. 
every one of those yeah. TIE fighters is rolling three dice. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like the looks of that. I don't, I don't want to line up against that. I like the looks of that. I might steal that list. I've been flying a lot of Chadlow, but that looks really fun. And then rounding out your top three is another first order list. <clears throat> With Gideon Hask in the Zy class shuttle. Now we're talking. Uh, his Gideon had Fanatical, Proud Tradition, Biohexacrypt, Agent Terex, Tactical Officer, and Targeting Computer. That's a lot. Looks like a fun build. With a whole mess of TIE Fighters. And a TIE SF. But yeah, uh, not shocking that First Order paved the way through the LCQ. Uh, First Order and Empire were by far the most represented factions in the tournament so far. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, nice, nice to see that they're they're in such a good spot. But I would like it'd be nice to see a little more uh, diversification of uh, factions for a slightly healthier environment overall. Uh, yeah, I feel you. Um, I, I would be remiss to not mention the resistance list in the top ten too. Is that that's cheap Poe? That's nuts. Uh, Cheap Poe, Jarek Yeager, Tally, Lulo, and Finn. Mm. Flown by Yellow Jacket Pim. Feels so silly to use people's handles, but it's what they give us. That's another list I might steal. I'm all about stealing lists. I'm not a super big proponent of building my own. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that out loud. But Well, you know. X-Wing's all about flying that. the ships, right? Exactly, and you've you've seen what happens when some people uh, take uh, customized list building to uh, illogical extremes. Yeah, do you want do you want to talk about that next? I mean, it's entirely your choice. Okay, uh, why don't you walk us through some of your list building strategies? What what oh. goes into your head when you make your choices and build your lists? I approach uh list building from from a standpoint of what would be fun to try to pull off with this ship uh not often to an effective degree um one of my favorite combinations to chase lately has been to try to use uh marg sable closure and collision detector uh together to throw out strain once or twice a game it, it is not super effective but it's delightful that sounds like a Yu-Gi-Oh! trap card. Uh, it is, and it doesn't uh, often work against the same person more than once, but it, it's it's fun to set up. Uh, I, I enjoy to try to create Rube Goldberg machines that don't necessarily accomplish anything. They're just fun for me when they start uh, to get the gears turning on the board. Can you give me a... Can you give me an example, like a, a list that's all designed to do that? It's, I don't know if I can give you, give you a full list because I, they, they never quite fully come together. It, it often ends up on a ship by ship basis uh, on more than one occasion, put uh, both Juke and Debris Gambit on double talent ships that didn't natively have the evade action. Um, oh goodness. Is there another, another good example? 
I'm sure you've got one. Uh, I mean, a, a recent, a recent one that I that I put together involved uh, the the Two Tubes brothers and uh, Nora Wexley in the Arc One Seventy, uh, making use of uh, two perceptive co-pilots and Jin or so to get more green tokens on the table than any list should be able to generate. <laughs> And some of those are focuses and some of those are evades, right? If I recall correctly. Yeah, it's it's very nice to, to roll up uh, with a, a U-Wing and an ARC-170 that can both focus evade. <laughs> That's crazy. Did you bring that to a tournament recently? I did. I did recently bring that to a tournament. Uh, it was the showcase tournament that you ran the other week. Uh I believe I went two and two with that list that also had Saw Gerrera in it, utilizing Mark Sable Closure Collision Detector, funnily enough. Hmm. Okay. Gosh, what else What else did he have on him? He had uh, Harrison Dula and Bo-Katan Crew. Bo-Katan Crew. Yes. Specifically the Scum Rebel version. Well, I always like looking for an alternative perspective. Because uh, <clears throat> list building is not just like a, a one and done thing, right? Absolutely not. Uh, hopping back because I'm really bad at segues. Uh, speaking of interesting and alternative lists, uh, after the LCQ today, we had World's Day 1. And there is a rather crazy list at the top of World's Day 1 that did 5-0 and today. Yes, there was. Why don't we talk about that list? I am psyched to see a Rebel list at the top, uh, and then was immediately surprised to see what it was comprised of. We've got uh, Battle of Yavin Han Solo alongside four A-Wings, uh, being Tycho, Selchu, Keo, Arvel Krenid, and Derek Clivian. Is there anything that stands out to you on that list? Anything goes, whoa, I can't believe they brought that. Um, individually, no. It's uh, I haven't seen a Rebel list comprised mostly of A-Wings uh, in quite some time. Uh, I've briefly forgot what uh, Tycho's upgrade bar was, and my eyes uh, bugged out of my head a little bit seeing HLC on an A-Wing. That is nice kind of crazy. See, yeah, and it's nice to see Battle of Yavin Han uh, seeing some table time, because of all the Battle of Yavin cards that I've seen making a splash, I haven't seen Han used outside of the uh, trench run scenario. Yeah, I don't see him very much in the table either, uh, especially outside of the scenario that he's played in. I don't think I've ever seen somebody just slap Han on the board in a standard game. Yeah, which is is surprising, because it, it does seem like a solid build from what I've seen used in it. That Chewbacca with the focus evade is uh, it's pretty tight. It's coming in with a double token stack. Token stacking is nice. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it seems like, just from the outside looking in, uh, that the lists in the last chance qualifier were very uh, 
standard. Like the, I'm going to bring as many TIE fighters as I can. There seems to be a lot more variation in lists in actual worlds day one. From a, from a cursory glance, it seems like that is a reasonable assessment. Yeah, like if you look at the top 10 in the LCQ, and if you look at the top 10 in day one, it's a stark difference, and there's a lot more representation of different factions, even the rebel list at the top notwithstanding. You got more Republican here. There's a separatist list. Uh, there is a scum list in the top five. It is, of course, your three-ship Boba Kanan list, but seeing them at the top is still nice. Absolutely. Is that a double Reaper list? It is a double Reaper list. That's nuts. Well, that's beautiful. With, ooh, with Gorin in the Interceptor. Okay. Some choices were made here. People are making some, some bold plays, and it looks like it's paying out for them. I'm a big fan of it. It does, and it's uh, it's a nice you know testament to you know what you can get out of a list when you make some very specific choices and hone down how to use them. And it looks like somebody there's another rebel list in here in the top ten. It looks like somebody just decided, hey, I'm going to fly Alphabet Squadron. It's West Jansen, Iron in the Z95, Keo in the A wing, Dutch Vander in the Y wing, and Tendum in the B wing. Oh, hold up, ho ho! Do you see do you see the upgrade on Dutch Vander? Oh, God. Yeah, he has Tyrfon Belly Run. He has Tyrfon Belly Run! There you go. It's a, zero point, it's a zero point upgrade. Why not slap it on there? It's free. You're living vicariously through two people at the World's Tournament right now. Oh, this is, this is beautiful. Everybody knows the most important thing about Worlds, though, is the Shatterpoint demos they're running. I'm very excited to hear back from people who played. <clears throat> yes, uh, seeing seeing that played for the first time has definitely increased uh, my excitement levels for it. Mm. But yeah, there, there's this this wide variety of lists is really nice and good to see. Republic, another Republic list, very good. Yeah. Nice showing for the uh, Siege of Coruscant Arc 170s as well. Same. Being flown by Nathan Idy, no less. That name sounds super familiar. Is there anything else that you see that strikes your fancy? Mm, nothing. Nothing is jumping out at me, but I, I do. I do like the the. It, it is nice to see a, a more diverse set of list construction. All uh, finding their niche. Well, we can only hope that continues through day two. It feels a little strange, kind of commenting in the middle of it especially by the time this podcast will be published. People are like, oh, hey, that already happened. It does. It does. But, but uh, it's a know, neat... We can look back in a week and uh, see uh, what uh, trends carried through and what we uh, read completely wrong. Yeah, right. Do you have a hot take prediction for what's going to win? Uh, you know what? Since, since they uh, currently are in number one, I'm going to go ahead and uh, call it. Rebels are going to take it. 
Okay. I'm going to make a really boring prediction. I think First Order is going to come back out on top. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the safer bet. I hope Rebels come out on top. That they deserve a win. They've been having a really rough slog of it through the past year, two years. It's been a while since Rebels were really high up in the meta. Yeah, yeah. It's Hera A Wing, if I recall, and then she got a little bit of a nerf. Yeah, that seemed to be most of uh, most of the heyday there for a while. And uh, unfortunately, they they didn't get as much of a boost out of the Battle of Yavin pack as the Empire did. Well, maybe their standard loadout cards that come in the starter kit will be a bit more useful than the ones that came in the Yavin pack. Maybe that'll be the boost they need. Maybe it will. Maybe I'll finally find a way to make uh, five Rebel Y-Wings viable. I'm pretty sure you already have made five Rebel Y-Wings viable. Eh, I know, I know. Eh, I never quite figured out how to really make them work. I could be, I could be decent with them, but it it is a a big jump from going, hey, this list is fun, to hey, I need to make this list work in a very competitive tournament setting. It's a big jump. Yeah. S- scenario actions are are not a friend of that list. Speaking of scenarios, just to tie this all home, uh, let's talk about Epic for just a little bit. I, I think I can do that. So your your claim to fame, if you will, in the wider X-Wing community is that you are responsible for the Epic homebrew points that hopefully a lot of people are now using to put their big ships on the table since AMG has not brought those chassis over to 2.5 yeah i was delighted to find out i mean even before it got mentioned on this podcast that uh other groups were finding workarounds to to get those on the table because the those ships are real fun designs and uh, the epic format is just a great way to play um so i'm happy to have contributed to that uh to any degree um, but just delighted to know that uh, Epic players are still out there. Absolutely. And now they have tools in order to keep on playing and putting stuff on the table. Um, before you made those points, how did you start playing Epic? Uh, I got very excited uh, following the announcement cycle uh, back when FFG was getting ready to put out the uh, the 2.0 uh, epic conversion kit and scenario packs um, and uh, went to a launch event I believe played against you uh, and immediately got hooked um, huge ship I was there for that that's true added they, they added a, a whole new dynamic uh, the wing flight system that was introduced um, with the 2.0 system just makes flying large squadrons um an absolute blast and uh just enjoyed getting uh huge huge games in anytime possibly could um played a lot of uh 300 point games uh against some other local people just on three by three mats um which is surprisingly viable um 
you know, each player bringing a huge ship and a couple of, of smaller uh, fighters works works well on three by three. You don't really need a six by three space to to really take advantage of epic. Yeah, once you play epic long enough, thirty points seems kind of limiting. It it is. It seems ridiculous to complain about. I only have uh, thirty points to to list build with, but uh, yeah, I have I've complained about that far far too many times. <laughs> You always make it work. As long as you bring one huge ship, you, you feel like you've accomplished something. Although, truthfully speaking, you don't need huge ships to play Epic, right? You don't. Uh, Epic, uh, in its in the form it was designed, is really you know anything above a standard list-building amount that you and your opponent uh, agreed upon, whether or not you brought any huge ships or Epic-only upgrades. Um I mean, granted, if you're you know bothering to dip your toe in, if you have a huge ship, you might as well bring it because what else are you gonna get it on the table? But it is it it it's interesting to to experiment with what uh, X Wing looks like when you you know, sort of break out of the the standard list restrictions. I put my Raider on the table every chance I get. Arguably, the most fun ship in the game. I, I, I would argue that the, the CR-90 is a little bit more fun, although the fact that it dies quicker does take some of the fun out of it. I've never put a CR-90 on the table, uh, mainly because I don't have enough Rebel ships to do so. And the Republic CR-90 doesn't have nearly as many options. It doesn't, but never underestimate the joy of natively being able to take locks and make primary attacks out to range four. Yeah, that does sound like a lot of fun. I just like the double tap turbo laser nonsense that I learned from Steve, and I can never go back. Oh, yeah. Although technically the Corvette can do that too. It can less uh, less efficiently because uh, it it's less geared around absolute firepower, um, and you have to fly it a little bit differently with its primary arcs being uh, out both sides. But right. you can. You can you can put some some heavy weaponry on that thing and light something up. Epic's all about blowing stuff up as brutally and as, as efficiently as possible. Unless you have a scenario that you're trying to play, that does uh, that does hamper things. And I'm well, curious in the to see if of, we ever get new ones. For I was going to say, in the absence of epic scenarios, what do we do instead? Uh, we uh, try to uh, duct tape together a, a an epic sized version of one of our current scenarios. Uh, as on a whim, I tried to organize uh, one of our epic nights to do uh, assault at the satellite array on a six by three map with nine objectives, uh, where huge ships uh, counted as four ships when contesting which led to uh, some interesting and frustrating moments where I was cursing my own uh, homebrew game design. <laughs> oh no, what, what? I have made this choice and now it's come back to haunt me. Who could have foreseen this outcome? You're right. I thought it was going to be fun when I put my huge ship next to the objective. I liked having nine objectives on the table too. That was a lot of fun. It was nine, it, right? It was, yeah, because yeah. it was the, the standard five and then four more spread farther out. That was a really fun game. Uh, do you have any ideas on how to adapt the other scenarios into Epic, or are we just sticking with Satellite Array for now? I, at the When I initially conceived of it, I figured there was probably a, a similarly quick shortcut to expanding the size of the other ones. 
um, given that that one was already geared towards the size of the ship playing a role, that seemed to be the most at home in Epic with huge ships. Um, I've, I've given some thought to the others. Um, the, the number of objectives and how scenario actions play um, when huge ships have two actions available to them seems like it's a bit more to consider in terms of balance. Um, but I would, I would like to sit down at some point and create uh, epic versions of those to play while we wait to see what AMG has in store for us. Well, as we've discussed before, it's kind of all up to us at this point because um, we're not getting epic content for like another year or so. That does does seem to be the timeline we're waiting on. But the good news is, uh, as we've discussed before, your document is a living document. It, it is. Uh, I haven't updated it since the last uh, points update from uh, AMG, but I am looking to keep tweaking it. Um, so based either on you know feedback from locals as we play or any internet feedback that happens to filter back towards this, I, I'm hoping to get a little more input beyond whatever I can scribble on the back of a napkin <laughs> before, uh, before a game. Well, if anybody out there listening, uh, after the conclusion of the Wonderful Worlds tournament wants to sit down and play some Epic and get back to us on your thoughts, you can feel free to email us at libertysquadron at yahoo.com and we can take your gameplay perspective into factor when we go to modify the points and such and continue to edit that document and keep things moving forward for our homebrew Epic until we get official Epic. Absolutely. Say we're coming in a little under time, uh, but that pretty much wraps up a lot of the stuff that I wanted to discuss. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say, John, before we head out? Uh, you know, other than, uh, you know, joining you and uh, saying, you know, if you have any interest in getting an Epic game in, not even uh, for the sake of data gathering, just, you know, put, put down an extra mat, throw some ships on the table and uh, enjoy what I consider to be the preeminent X-Wing format. I mean, you paid for the ships. Might as well get them on the table, right? I mean, that's half the reason that we play. I, I don't own, you know, six Y-Wings for nothing. I own eight T-70s, so I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, before we go, just a uh, shout-out to some upcoming events, as we usually do. Uh, we have an Owl Central's Games tournament coming up on April 1st in Millersville. Uh, we have the next Showcase tournament coming up on the 7th of May in Swarthmore. And ECG is running their, I believe, biannual charity event on June 24th. Uh, Mike Bird runs the best events in the area. So I definitely recommend going to that charity event, raising some funds for kids. It all goes to it's a good cause. But yeah, if you got nothing else, John, we'll sign off. Yeah, I think that uh, that about does it. All right. Good night, y'all. Good night.